steps down from the pavement with a half-bow, and deferentially salutes the lieutenant, looking at him from below with devoted, watery eyes in a crimson face. His hand raised to his cap, the lieutenant returns the respectful salute of his superior officer, returns it with a look of childlike friendliness, and passes on. A miracle. A fantastic scene. He walks on. People look at him, but he looks at no one. He looks straight ahead and through the crowd with something of the manner of a woman who knows herself to be observed. The people greet him, and he returns their greetings cordially, and yet distantly. He appears to be walking with some difficulty. It is as though he were not used to walking, or as though the general attention bothered him. So irregular and faltering is his gait, indeed, at times he seems to be limping. A policeman springs to attention. An elegantly dressed woman, on emerging from a shop, smilingly makes a deep curtsy. People's heads turn and beckon. Brows are raised. His name is mentioned in a discreet whisper. It is Klaus Heinrich, the younger brother of Albrecht II, and heir presumptive to the throne. There he goes. He is still within view. Known by all, and yet a stranger, he moves among the crowd, surrounded by it, and yet as though isolated in a void. He walks alone, and on his narrow shoulders carries the burden of his royal station. Chapter 1 The Constriction Artillery salvos were fired when the various new-fangled means of communication in the capital spread the news that the Grand Duchess Dorothea had given birth to a prince for the second time at Grimberg. Seventy-two rounds resounded through the town and surrounding country, fired by the soldiers from the bastions of the citadel. Directly afterwards the fire brigade also, not to be outdone, fired with the town salute guns, but in their firing there were long pauses between each round which caused much merriment among the populace. From the top of a wooded hill the Grimburg dominated the picturesque little town of the same name, whose grey sloping roofs were mirrored in a tributary stream, and which could be reached from the capital within half an hour by a local railway which ran at a loss. The castle towered up there, sturdily built by the founder of the grand ducal dynasty, Margrave Klaus Grimbart, in the dim beginnings of German history, since then repeatedly rejuvenated and repaired, fitted with the conveniences of the changing times, always kept in a habitable state, and especially honoured as the ancestral seat of the ruling house and the cradle of the dynasty. For it was a rule and tradition of the house that all direct descendants of the Margrave, every child of the reigning couple, must be born there. Nor was this tradition to be ignored, and the country had had free-thinking and sceptical sovereigns who had made fun of it, and yet had complied with a shrug. It was now much too late to break away from it. Whether reasonable and enlightened or not, why, without any particular need, break with a time-honoured custom which, so to speak, had proved itself? The people were convinced that there was something in it. Twice in the course of fifteen generations, children of the reigning sovereign, owing to some chance occurrence, had been born in other castles. Twice they had come to an unnatural and ignoble end. But from Heinrich the penitent, and Johann the headstrong, and their proud and lovely sisters, all the sovereign dukes, down to Albrecht, the father of the present duke, and the grand duke himself, Johann Albrecht III, had been born in the castle, and there, six years ago, Dorothea had given birth to her firstborn, the heir apparent. The castle was a retreat as dignified as it was peaceful. 
and the coolness of the rooms and the green shade of the surroundings made it preferable as a summer residence to the formal, gracious beauty of Hollobrunn. The ascent from the town, up a badly paved lane between shabby cottages and a tumbling wall, through massive gates to an old inn close to the entrance of the courtyard with a stone statue of the founder, Klaus Grimbart, in the centre, was picturesque without being comfortable. Extensive grounds, however, covered the rear part of the castle hill, and easy paths led down the wooded, gently sloping park, offering ideal opportunities for carriages, drives, and leisurely promenades. As for the interior of the castle, it had last been cleaned and redecorated at the beginning of the reign of Johann Albrecht III, at a cost which had evoked much comment. The decor of the ducal apartments had been renewed and added to in a style at once baronial and comfortable. The escutcheons in the Hall of Justice had been carefully restored to their original patterns. The gilding of the intricate patterns on the vaulted ceilings looked...